This is the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman. Brought to you by Decisions in Dentistry and the Academy of Dental CPAs. Whether it's taxes, investing, or planning wisely, Art is your guide to make your dental practice as profitable as possible. Here's your host, Dental CPA, Art Wiederman. And hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman, CPA. Welcome, everyone. I'm your host. My name is Art Wiederman. I'm a dental-specific CPA located in Southern California in the city of Tustin. Um, our CPA practice works with uh, close to 300 dentists. We're very excited. We're going to be merging our firm uh, next month, in fact, a month from tomorrow, with a wonderful regional CPA firm called Ide Bailey, which will bring us a lot more uh, a lot more resources. And um, again, we're recording today on uh, June 19th, 2020. We have uh, a couple of minor uh, updates on the Paycheck Protection Program, and uh, I'll give them to you here shortly. But I have a wonderful, wonderful dear friend and guest today. We're going to we're going to start talking each week now, unless we have a big PPP update, in which case I'll bring it to you as soon as I get it. Uh, we're still waiting for guidance. But my my guest today is my dear friend, Christy Boltz, who is the uh, president of uh, My Dental CMO. And Christy is one of the nation's leading experts on helping dentists market their practice. And we're going to talk to Christy about all of that today, uh, what's working, what doesn't, and what you should be doing as you reopen your office. So we'll get to Christy in a moment. Let me give you some information if you want to get a hold of me in my office in Tustin, California. I'm at 714-505-9000. You can email me at artweederman at gmail.com. I have answered hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of questions, and I will continue to do that about the PPP and the EIDL loans and all that kind of wonderful, fun stuff. Um Go on to the website of our great partner, Decisions in Dentistry. Decisions in Dentistry magazine is a wonderful clinical magazine, um, wonderful clinical magazine for um, dentists with great content and continuing education um, information. And by the way, if you go onto their website, which is www.decisionsindentistry.com, and you go to the main page and you look on the right side of the page, you'll see an opportunity to have us uh, add you to our mailing list and our email list. But you can also ask for a complimentary consultation, a 30-minute consultation from a member of the Academy of Dental CPAs in your area. Now, I'm a member of the Academy of Dental CPAs. I helped to found I started the group 20 years ago and uh, with about eight of my dear friends, um, in, uh, in a, in a room in Scottsdale, Arizona. We started this in about 2001 and it has grown to be 24 amazing dental CPA firms that represent over 9,000 dentists. And I've been very proud to be able to refer many of you from my Gmail account to members of our uh, group all over the country. So if you are not working with a dental specific CPA right now, if there is any time in your career with what's going on in our in our national life, uh, this is the time to do it. So I want to give you a quick, and I mean quick update on the PPP. So a couple days ago, uh, the SBA came out with the 3508 form, the new revised uh, forgiveness form based on the 
Paycheck Protection Flexibility Act that was passed and signed by President Trump on June 5th. And there's also a 3805EZ form. I would suggest you go on to www.treasury.gov and take a look at those forms. Um, they have also increased the amount of money that an owner dentist can have forgiven as part of the payroll costs. It was $15,835. It's now $20,833. Um, so take a look at those, uh, those items. Uh, listen to our prior podcast. We've done the last several on the Paycheck Protection Forgiveness Act. Call a member of the ADCPA if you have some problems. But the bottom line is, folks, you are going to have a heck of a lot easier time getting your loan forgiven now than you did about three weeks ago. There's also a bipartisan uh, proposal that's been put out in Congress to provide a 25, up to a $25,000 income tax credit in 2020 for the purchase of uh, personal protective equipment, PPE. We hope that passes. That will help. And we're still waiting to see if they change the tax law uh, to allow you to deduct uh, PPP expenses at this moment. You cannot. So that's my quick update on uh, the uh, the loan programs that we have. And I want to get right to my my guest, my dear friend, Christy Bolts. I've known Christy f- oh, probably 15 or 20 years. Um, Christy, um, Christy's husband is my other dear, dear, dear friend, uh, Jim Bolts, who is uh, in Columbus. So they're both in Columbus, Ohio. Jim uh, is a member of our Academy of Dental CPAs. And Christy, over the years, I met Christy a long time ago. She's lectured for me. And by the way, if there are any meeting planners out there that are listening to this or anybody who has influence with a meeting planner, if you need a speaker, Christy is as good as it gets, period. I mean, she's dynamic and just you would be very proud to have her on on webinars or if we ever get back to live speaking, that would be uh, wonderful. Christy is the president uh, and founder of My Dental CMO. Um, it, which is a, a, it's not a dental marketing company. I'm going to let Christy tell you about that. Um, you know, most times you, you, you call up a dental marketing company and they're going to get your website and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. They're going to send out mailers for you. And, and, and Christy is your quarterback. Christy is your chief marketing officer. That's what CMO stands for. And, uh, we're going to talk today about marketing, what you should be doing coming coming back to your offices with this, uh, you know, with, with you opening up what's working and what's not. Um, Christy's got uh, about 20 years experience in the industry. She works with clients all over the country. So uh, I'm going to introduce you to Christy. Christy Bolts, welcome to the Art of Dental Finance. Art, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Happy Friday. Oh, happy Friday. I mean, you are just, first of all, I, I can't say enough things about you. First of all, if you go to, you know, Christy is on Instagram and I am on Instagram. I have, I actually have 171 friends on Instagram. I'm very proud of that. Although my, um, the Chewy the Blue Frenchie in one day got more likes than that. You know, that's my dog. And, uh, but, but if you look at Christy's feed, Christy, uh, Christy is a, ba- a, a, we call you a baker. Would you be a baker? Is that what you, you bake lots of stuff? Sure. And, you know, I gain about 15 pounds every time I look at a feed from Christy. I mean, she just, her stuff. And I've been, I've been to Christy and Jim's home and I've, I've eaten and 
Um, Jim Boltz is a very, very lucky man and has overachieved in the category of spouse. Um, but, uh, you know, Christy's a, a lot more than that. She's, she's been very involved in the dental industry. And, and one of the things before we get started, Christy, is I know that you are an, you're an avid cycler. Um, you and I are Peloton friends. And uh, by the way, I'm getting close to 200 rides, folks. I'm very excited. I hope they call my name out. I'm going to do a live ride for my 200th. But Christy does a lot of bicycling. And, and Christy, you're involved in some really cool charitable things. Why don't you talk about that for a second? I have been involved with an organization called the Challenge Athletes Foundation, which is based in San Diego, of all places. So not too far from, from you, Art. In fact, what we would call a stone's throw in California. And the Challenge Athletes Foundation provides grants to people who need adaptive sports equipment. So if you want a wheelchair for basketball, or if you want a leg to run, or if you want to go to a surfing camp to learn how to surf um, as an adaptive athlete, you know, think of all these Paralympians. That's what CAF does. So I, in 2008, which kind of seems like an eternity ago, it does. Uh, ran by a girl named Sarah Reinerston. You might have seen her many, many years ago. She did the Ironman, and she was one of the first adaptive athletes to do that. And I was running the Nike Women's Marathon in San Francisco, and here goes Sarah Reinerston right <laughs> by me, right? So I, she had this jersey on that said CAF, and I had seen the Ironman on TV that year, and I went, oh my gosh, I got to go home and Google that. And I did. And they have a big bike ride from San Francisco to San Diego. So you do it. You know, the route varies. There's there's not too many ways to vary once you get past Monterey, right? You got to nope. go right past Big Sur. You got to go up, down, up, down, up, down. One year, a friend said, well, it's north to south. It's all downhill. <laughs> <laughs> sure it is. No, it is not. It is not. So, you know, it's a week long ride and, and it's called the million dollar challenge. And so every rider that's limited to a hundred riders committed at that time to raise at least $10,000. And of course, since it's grown and grown and grown and uh, you know, I don't anticipate that it will happen this year because of COVID, but the last year that we rode, we raised a hundred thousand dollars. Wow. That and is- the organization, you know, the group of riders, almost a million eight, which is pretty amazing for a hundred people. Right. That- but when you think about it, you know, a running leg costs $15,000. Yeah. And your insurance is going to pay for it. So nope. I'm pretty passionate about that, right? You love to ride your Peloton bike. I love to ride mine. I want people to have that opportunity. Now, that is wonderful. That is absolutely wonderful. And you've always been, as long as I've known you, very, very charitable and giving in, in many, many ways. And, and it's, it's, it's uh, uh, it, that's one of the great things about the Academy of Dental CPAs and working in this profession, Christy, is I get to meet. I, I've made so many friends all over the country. It's just, it's just uh, I'm, I'm very blessed. That's all I can say. And um, so what has the last 10 weeks or 12 weeks of your life professionally been like? What are you, I know you work with clients all over the country. I know you mentioned to me, you work with a lot of clients. It's interesting. You said you work with many clients in the Northeast and the New York, New Jersey area. We have a, it's amazing. A lot of the emails that we get are from that area. And so what, what are you hearing? What are you, what, what are people telling you in, in your world? Well, it's interesting because, you know, I've got clients west to east, and wouldn't it have been easy art for you and me and really every dentist if there was some kind of unifying direction? But I've got clients in New York City, I've got clients in Westchester County, I've got clients on Long Island, and then I've got clients in Oregon, and then I've got clients in Kansas, and everybody had a different set of rules. And so that was the first challenge was trying to 
communicate with everybody and going, hey, wait a second, New York is different than Pennsylvania and Pennsylvania is different than Texas. And, you know, there are some basic marketing principles that are the same regardless of where you are. But people in New York who are now just getting back to work right. are very different than people here in Ohio who have now been back to work, most of them for about a month. Right. Yeah. Most all of the states are open. I think there's one or two that may still not be open. I know New York just opened up uh, recently. I know Massachusetts was slow. Mark Rosen was telling us that they're slow. He was really upset because he 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 saw a picture of me golfing and he was not happy about that because he could not golf. Um, but but anyway, so Christy, you are a chief marketing officer. What is a chief marketing officer? What does one do when one is a chief marketing officer? Well, first and foremost, uh, chief marketing officer reports to the CEO of the business. So if we leave dentistry for a second and we think about a Fortune 100 company in COVID, um, the chief marketing officer was really the first phone call, probably, well, maybe the second phone call, maybe the first phone call the CEO made was to somebody who was in charge of health and sanitation and safety. And then the second phone call was to the chief marketing officer. And many of you, as you sat home through the stay at home order, noticed this because you were watching TV. And for about the first week into the COVID crisis, you saw the same commercials you had before the COVID crisis. Right. And then very quickly, some national brands at the direction of their CMO pivoted. You, you hear that word a lot. They pivoted the message, right? And part of what I did for the last 10 weeks was help dentists pivot their message as quickly as they could. There are some practices who really haven't communicated with their patient base for the last 10 to 12 weeks. Oh, I know. And now they're, now they're behind, right? So if you have one of those doctors that's behind, okay, now I'm, I'm guessing that probably yours or not because you've been beating them over the head for the past 10 to 12 weeks, I would suspect. <laughs> but if we, I mean, I have, I had, I, I have doctors that have told me they, they, they're not following what the, the HHS rules are and, the, and, and they're just not, some of them unfortunately are putting their heads in the sand and that's not good in this, in this crisis. So if we have a doctor who just hasn't, done anything and they called you up and said, Christy, I, I think I need to do something. I mean, how do we help them? Well, first of all, I want to, you know, it's like with anything, it's never too late. The longer you go, the more difficult it's going to be. But fortunately for many dentists, they have a tool that they already pay for. They probably actually have two or three tools that they can use to communicate with their patients. They've got solution reach or demand force. They've got some program that they were using to text appointment reminders. Now, most dental owners don't have any idea how to use it. That's the responsibility of the front desk team. And so now they go, oh, I, I didn't know we could send emails. I didn't know that there's now 20 to 30 pre-populated communications in there about, hey, when you arrive at the office, please park, please call. Like You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You probably already have that tool. You're paying for it. Let's figure out how to use it to communicate the message you want to communicate. We're all walking around and listening to this podcast, probably on a mobile device. My mobile device now shoots in 4K. Okay? I can shoot a video and drop that into an email blast or a text with a quick YouTube link showing people how safe it is. You know, the message is we're open, we're safe, 
But the third part of the message is we've always been safe. Dentistry historically has hid sterilization, like in the back of the office. Right. Nope. We didn't, we didn't take people here. Let us show you the sterilization area. Right. We hid that. And so a lot of people have no idea what we did pre COVID. And so a quick short video or a quick short email and dentists who, even if they're late to the party, might already have the tools. They just need to start using them. That, that, right? That's right. I have a, I have a client who had a, uh, it's actually my partner, Pam's client, who had a, her 12-year-old daughter made this really simple, cute video. She's sitting in the car. She's looking at the text. She goes in. They show how the, the PPE equipment goes on and off and taking the temperature. It doesn't have to be complicated, right, Christy? No, the consistency is more important than the professional production, if you will, right? So there are a lot of businesses and dentists who go, oh, you know, I have to review this email 27 times before I send it out. Well, what would be better is if you sent an email every Tuesday, and it doesn't have to be perfect, and it doesn't have to be long. But the longer you go without communicating with your patients, number one, some of them are going to start to wonder, are you still open? Right? And number two, they're going to kind of wonder, well, why haven't they contacted me? Like normally I go to the dentist every three months or four months or six months. And I think I was kind of due and, you know, they always try to get me to schedule my next appointment, but I didn't want to do it because I didn't know my schedule. You know, we go through that whole rigmarole and the longer you go without communicating, here's the crux. The more expensive your marketing is going to be. Right. Okay. Well, expound on that for a second. Why is it going to be more expensive? Well, there's only three ways really for any business to market. Okay. So if you're, if you're taking notes or if you're driving in your car, come back, bookmark this part of the podcast and go back and say, listen, there's only three ways for me to market my dental practice. Okay. The first is what we call interruption marketing. And you probably call that advertising. So, you know, as people listen to the podcast and they go, oh, here's the chief marketing officer. They think she's the chief advertising officer. Nope, not really. Okay. Advertising or interruption marketing is just that interrupts the customer from whatever it is they're doing. And it tries to get them to pay attention to, yes, I should go to the dentist. Yes, I should go today. Yes, I should call. Yes, I should show up. Yes, I should make. It's a lot of hurdles, right? Right. And so for those particular people, that's pretty expensive. That's the most expensive kind of marketing, but it works the fastest. And so people who are now going, oh my gosh, I need new patients. I need new patients. I need new patients are getting sucked into, okay, I have to stroke. We were talking about a client yesterday. I have to stroke this $100,000 check for a comprehensive direct mail, web, SEO, PPC, social. They're, they're making a reactionary decision because they want it to work fast. Right. And marketing, you and I have talked and I've talked to lots of people. Marketing is not something that, okay, so I'm going to hire you, Christine, a month, and I expect 80 new patients, and it's going to happen immediately. Talk about that. I mean, marketing takes time, doesn't it? Well, here's the other funny thing. When we talk about investing in marketing, what everybody wants to hear is, hey, Christy, tell me how much I have to write the checkout for, right? Right. So if we think about advertising, it's super expensive in currency. But the second form of marketing currency is time. 
And so that's another reason dentists who are right now overwhelmed with what I call alphabet and acronym soup, right? PPE, PPP. Yeah, there's just, yeah. they go, wait a second. The easiest thing for me to do, although it's going to cost me a lot of money, is going to be to write a check because it doesn't require any of my time. Right. Like right. I don't have any extra time right now, Christy. So I'm willing to fork out $50,000 for the TV app. I, I don't know what it's for. And someone else is going to take and care of it for me. I don't know if it's working, right? And, but I'll write the check. Right. And so the best form of marketing has always been, and in my view, will continue to be in our profession, word of mouth. Right. Word of mouth produces the best patient, way better than an advertising patient. People who say, oh my gosh, here comes the marketing expert. That advertising stuff doesn't work. Well, it, advertising never works as well as word of mouth. In fact, the, the ROI projection is different. I spend a dollar on advertising. I want three to come back to the practice. I spend a dollar on word of mouth. I want twenty dollars to come back to the practice. But word of mouth activities take time, right? So if you haven't done anything, right? If right. you've never had a patient of the week, or you've never had a patient appreciation event, and now you go, oh, we really ought to increase our word of mouth. Um, yeah, th- there's good news and there's bad news, right? That's right. So I want to go back to the the the, the chief marketing officer because traditionally in our industry, uh, d- there are <laughs> dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of dental marketing companies out there. You call them like up. There's a new one every week. Yeah, every week. I mean, it's like I get emails every week from the, oh, we're the best and we've got this and we know how to do SEO. So. Let's let's differentiate. I mean, I don't know anybody else in the industry who does what you do, I, and that's the God's honest truth. So I call you up. I say, Christy, you know, I, I'm coming out of this thing, and I'm I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm nervous that my patients are going to come back. I think I need new new patients. I think I need a marketing. What do you do? T- talk to me. I call I call you up. What what is your process? And walk me through what you do with your clients. Well, before I was in dentistry, I was a math nerd, okay? So I'm a numbers marketing person more than I am a creative marketing so, person. So that's why that's, you and I get along, because you're a numbers person. Right. I get it. That's why you married <laughs> a CPA, right? Right, right. Exactly. Okay? So the first thing we do before we spend any money is I'm going to ask you for a list of all the stuff you're already doing. Right. Okay? And because sometimes what we figure out is, Hey, listen, we just need to get rid of these three things because they're not doing anything at all. And we need to reallocate those resources. And sometimes we spend less. Okay. The other thing is having been in dentistry for 20 years, I want to get into your dental software. I want to look at all this information. Most dental marketing companies, in fact, like you said, you really don't know anybody that does what I do. When you are interested in developing a comprehensive marketing plan or you're just in panic mode, like, oh, my gosh, I need new patients. Nobody asks you, what's your average production per new patient? And that's a really important thing. And I can get that information pretty quickly. In 30 seconds. Right. So let's say I've got a a multi-specialty group practice in Manhattan. Their fees are significantly different than a suburban family practitioner in Emporia, Kansas. Mm -hmm. That's not good or bad. That just is. So if a new patient in Emporia, Kansas in the first year is worth $850 and a new patient in Midtown Manhattan at a multi-specialty group practice that's focused on cosmetics and prosthodontics and all these different things is worth $5,000, then 
what they can spend or what they should spend is very, very different. So we have to start there. We have to start with what are you spending? What is it actually getting you? And what's a new patient worth? And I can promise you that probably every single listener today on the podcast hasn't looked at those three basic things. And once you do that, or you have a CMO that does that, that's my job is to look at everything you're doing and constantly do what we call, are you ready for another acronym? I'm ready. T-T-A. That's easy to remember, right? Yeah. And what does that mean? track, adjust. Nice. Okay. I like that. So, so as you're talking about that, you, you talk to dentists all the time. Um, you're going to tell dentists as we go along here, what works, what are you seeing that people are doing these days? And especially coming out of COVID and going back in the office, what are people doing that they should just maybe think about stopping or scaling back? What, what are things that are not working these days? First and foremost, it's different for every practitioner, yeah. right? Because that's some of the problem now is we're, we've been in Zoom land for 90 days. We're listening to people and we're going, hey, wait, this guy said this, and this person said this, and this consultant said this. And then I called my 10 friends and they all said something different. You need to compare you to you. So if your SEO, PPC, social media was working before, it's probably still going to work after COVID, but you have to pivot. You have to pivot the message. You might have to pivot the budget. The problem is you've been spoiled by your own success to a certain degree, and you don't really know what's going on with your SEO and PPC. You just go, hey, I write the check and you know my schedule is full. And, like and life is good. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So they, they don't know what's, what's working and, and, and they don't monitor. Isn't it amazing, Christy, how many practices you and I come into contact? Well, where do your new patients come from? Do you track where your new patients come from? Well, no, not really. That they need to do that too, right? You know, the new patient source is one of the most important pieces of information and we really should ask for it three times. We should ask for it on the initial phone call. We should ask for it on the intake form, and we should ask and review it at the new patient consultation. And if we don't do that, then I'm a big believer that every practice has a first-class cabin, just like the planes that we're not flying on now that are all flying around empty all over the country, right? Right. For most, as, as I dig into the data, right, and I tell people I stopped counting when I've been to a 1,000 offices. You've probably <laughs> been to 200,000, uh, right? Well, not, not quite that many, but I've been to a lot. Okay. When we dig into that data for new patients, we find a lot of people haven't loaded the referral source. Okay, well, that's an easy fix if I can go back and find it on the form, right? right. And if I load it in, and then I start to look at some data, what I find is not all new patients are created equal. So even in the practice in Kansas, where an average new patient was worth 800, I've got a group of people who are worth a lot more. I'm going to call that the first class cabin. And I've got a bunch of people who are worth a lot less. And shouldn't you look and slice and dice the referral sources to know, oh, well, wait a second, all these good, really, really good patients came from this particular paid campaign. Okay? Right. Or these terrible patients came from this social campaign. And there's there's all these kind of predetermined beliefs that we have. Best patients come from word of mouth. 
worst patients come from TV. Sometimes that's not true. Oh no, no, no. We had a we, we had a practice in Northern California, Christy, that was doing two million a year. And you know where they got a lot of their best patients? They advertised in movie theaters before the movie. We had all those advertising. So let, let's talk for a second about different areas, uh, different types of practices. So you talked about practices in New York City and Manhattan. I grew up in Brooklyn. I know the city. It's a completely different animal. How do you market in a metropolitan area that's bustling and people are on top of each other and there's maybe a dentist, you know, maybe 20 dentists in your building or something like that? Let's start with that. How do you market in a big market? How, just some ideas. Big market, big practice or big market, small practice? Well, um, okay. Let's start with small practice. Okay. So micro-targeting is really what works there. And what I mean by that is in a small practice, in the oldest school thought process of marketing, we go back to what's called a USP. Like, what's my unique sales proposition in my market? And a lot of times, big market, small practice, nobody's gone through the exercise of going, okay, what's my story? Like, what's setting me apart? Why, why is somebody even coming to me? Right? Is it because I'm the best in cosmetics? I can't say that I'm the best. That's actually illegal. Right? Right. Patients can say it for me, but right. I, I cannot. Is it that I'm the only person that's open on Saturday and nobody else around me is? Right In those giant skyscraper buildings where there's 500 dental suites, the, the unique sales proposition is something that you have to figure out. And then you can kind of micro-target. Like digital advertising now can be so focused, geofencing, Social targeting, I can do that at a level that would kind of blow your mind, right? <laughs> I've seen your I've seen your PowerPoint presentations. I see what you do. I know that. So, so you go into this doctor, and you're going to basically assess really what they need. I mean, you're you're going to go in there just like the dentist in a new patient exam looks in the mouth and looks at the X rays and says. This is what you need. And then, you know, you have all kinds of resources you work with, right? I mean, you work with website developers and you work with social media people. So you, you, you have all the resources and you're going to, you're not going to say, okay, here's my cook. And this is what drives me crazy about some of the dental marketing companies. It's a, it's a cookie cutter approach and everything has to be this way. And, and all they know is, okay, I, I need to be number one on Google. That's all that matters to me. I need to be the number one. Well, you're not going to be because you're not paying for ads. They're the number one on Google. But yeah, but but that's that's it. You've got all the different resources that that people need, right? I mean, that you can refer them to. That's really a great way to think about a CMO is that I develop marketing treatment plans for practices the same way a clinician develops a treatment plan for a patient. Okay. And I'm the quarterback for that because not only does the dentist not have the time to do that or doesn't have the knowledge of doing that, okay, they also, they can hire somebody like me who's much more knowledgeable than, let's say, giving this task to somebody who works at the front desk who's an exceptional employee, but that's just not their niche, right? That's not what they're good at. So I need somebody who's going to give me a treatment plan. And then I need somebody who's not taking a cut, <laughs> in a traditional ad agency model. Right. Like, go back to the Mad Men era of advertising. I saw they just pulled Mad Men off Netflix and now people are furious, right? <laughs> um, in that model, if if the CMO said, hey, listen, we should really do these 20 radio spots. The ad agency got a cut 
right. of whatever you paid the radio station. Mm-hmm. And so when I founded My Dental CMO years ago, I went, wait a second, this is silly. I have to be able to recommend to a client that this is the right vendor for them with no skin in the game. And so I've got different vendors that I know all over the country because, like you said, there's all kinds of dental marketing companies that are popping up like every weekend, especially post-COVID. And some of the messaging is really, really disturbing and unfortunate. So, right? so let's talk now about COVID. And uh, in a second, I want you to give out your information after we have, have this point. So you talked about at the beginning that companies are pivoting. I'll use as an example, it's interesting, is is El Pollo Loco is all over TV, Christy. And and it's like, you know, the, the calming voice. And we're here for you for as long as is necessary. And, you know, that's been ingrained into our brains. That's pivoting. How are you helping dentists pivot from before March 15th and after March 15th? What, what's, how's that working? I think before March 15th, you had people who were focused on a certain message. And again, here, every practice dif- is different. You have some people who are really focused on complete health dentistry, right? We want to be your partner in health. Then you had some people who were saying, we want to be the cosmetic solution for our area. Then you had people who their message was, we want to be the family practice you can rely on, right? Those are all very different messages. And so the question is, post-COVID in your market, does that message still resonate? El Pollo Loco was around before COVID offering BRCs, which I love for 79 cents, right? All of a sudden, now they've pivoted and said, hey, wait, we're here for you. We're here for you. We're here for you. There are people who have driven by an El Pollo Loco 500 times that never noticed it. And now that El Pollo Loco is advertising, they're going, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there it is. There it is. Right. So part of it is the frequency of the message kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning, which is if you were emailing your patients once a year, now you're probably emailing your patients once a week. You need to be in front of them. If you're not, somebody else is. Yep. Because you're telling them to, right, Christy? (laughs) (laughs) And and they're they're, they're doing it. It's not even just other dentists. It's There's other businesses, okay? Dentists, no one has a budget for dentistry, even people in dentistry. That's right. We've got a mortgage budget. We've got a food budget, okay? I'm married to CPA, so here comes COVID, and we go, okay, do we need to adjust the family budget, right? Uh Let's look at it. Nobody has a budget for dentistry. Right. It's so zero. anything above zero is an unplanned expense. Yep. Yep. And my husband come home today and says, we're going on a cruise to Hawaii. I'm going, no, we're not. That's not an unplanned expense I'm getting behind right now. Right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, folks, what the message here is, and, and again, I don't know. Any, I know everybody in dentistry. I don't know anybody in dentistry who does what Christy Boltz does, and she is going to give you an unbiased assessment of where you're at and what you need to do and has all the resources. So, Christy, talk to talk to our listeners a little bit about how you would work with them and, and give out your contact information when you go on to the, the website, both the website at Decisions in Dentistry as well as our website, which is www.hmwccpa.com. 
and you'll see this posted. Uh, this will be coming out on uh, Wednesday, the uh, whatever that is, the 23rd, I guess. Um, when that comes out, you'll have Christie's uh, email and phone number. But so why don't you give out you know, just a little bit about what you do, how they can talk to you, uh, get a hold of you. Our website is mydentalcmo.com, just like the name of the company. And there's a place there where you can schedule a complimentary consultation. Okay? I don't give advice to people without looking at the data, right? Like you don't give advice to patients without looking at the x-ray and looking in the mouth and looking at periocharting. So get on the website, request a consultation. I'll send you a list of things that we want. You might look at that and go, hey, I have no idea where any of that is. And that's a good place for us to start the conversation. Right? Right. Right. Well, thank you for that. So, and so you gave out the website and then a, a phone number or just the website? What are we giving out? You can go to mydentalcmo.com and request a consultation, take you to a live link to my calendar, pick a time that works for you. Perfect. You can call 614-655-1173. That's my office. Or you can send an email, mydentalcmo at gmail.com. And that's how I connected with you on Zoom this morning to do this podcast. So that works. Very good. I want to go back. We talked about the the practice in New York, the smaller practice uh, marketing. I want to hit the, the you, you asked me whether it was a smaller or a bigger practice. What about a bigger practice? How do we market differently? Bigger practice usually has a bigger budget. The challenge now with a bigger practice is historically you were dependent on volume for revenue. So the smaller practice was probably only seeing one to two patients at a time. Post-COVID, they have an advantage. Post-COVID, you've got a huge office that has 14 ops, and historically, you had 25 team members. And at any given time, there were probably 50 people in that space. Your messaging about coming back to the office and it being safe in a socially distanced environment, you're going to have to preach that a little bit more than the smaller guy. Because historically, when people came to your office, there were a bunch of other people there. Right. Right. Okay. So the good news is you probably, if we're doing it the old school way and you say, well, I did $7 million last year and I'm going to spend 5% of my gross production on marketing, then you've got a much bigger budget than the smaller guy. Right. right? And, and yeah. So, so you brought that up and that was one of the things I want to talk to you about is, I get dentists all the time asking me, how much should I be spending on marketing? And, and doesn't that depend on whether it's different for a startup practice versus an established practice? How, how do you, what, what, you know, that's part of what you do for your clients is you say, okay, this is where you want to go. This is what I think you need to spend. How do you walk through that process? How should a dentist be thinking about how much they should spend? First step is you actually have to be honest about what you're currently spending. You know, when people say, well, I really don't spend more than $100 on stuff for patients. And we start to go, well, we gave out all these $5 Starbucks cards and we gave away pens and we, you know, all these pens now that people are going to walk around with because we can't reuse the pen that has our name on it. Right? <laughs> that, that might be part of your marketing expense. But if you start by what you're honestly spending, that's a good place. A percentage of revenue is actually one of the worst ways to decide. And like you said, I'm married to an accountant. The kind of gold standard, the creme de la creme, is if I know what a new patient is worth, and I know what my attrition rate is, and I know how many I need, and I know the amount that I'm trying to reach, whatever that production or collection goal is, then it just becomes an equation. 
It's a math problem. Like we're talking about. It is. It's a total math problem. So I want to get to $3 million. I know that I'm going to have 15% attrition. So I'm going to lose so many people. I'm left with the existing patients. They do so much per year. That's 2 million bucks. I got to get the other million from new patients. Right. Okay? A new patient in my office, if we kept the math simple, a new patient in my office worth $100,000. <laughs> and I only need 10 of them. Don't we wish. Right? Okay. If a new patient is worth 100, I need a lot more. And then, and then we have to figure out, well, how much money do you have? And how much time do you have? Yeah. You okay. Talk about time. How much time should a dentist be spending on marketing? Like you said, what they do typically, or a lot of my clients do is, okay, I saw this guy at a lecture, or I saw this on a website, and I, or my friend said, and here's $50,000, and I don't have any time. doesn't work that way, does it? It, it will. It's just the $50,000 is going to quickly grow into a larger amount if you're unwilling to invest a certain amount of time. So let's talk about word of mouth for a second, because historically, dentistry only came up in conversation three times. Okay? Dentistry would come up when a person was in pain. Oh my gosh, Art, who is your dentist? I can't get in to see my guy. I've got, I'm like, my tooth is killing me. I'll ask anybody. I'll ask Joe Schmo on the street. Right. Okay? The second way it came up is if you did significant anterior work and people noticed like, hey, Christy, you look great. Did you have a facelift? No, actually, I had some no prep veneers done, right? Well, you don't, number one, you don't want only pain patients. Number two, you don't do significant anterior work on every patient. So the third way it came up was insurance. Hey, uh, I hear we're going from Blue Cross Blue Shield to Delta. Do you know anybody who takes Delta? Is that the kind of patient that I want? The patient that only picks me because of my insurance plan? Hope nope. not. <laughs> right? So if those are the only places dentistry naturally came up, I had to do things to create conversation, right? I had to create things that people talked about. I had to send cards and gift cards and hold events and do all these things that got people talking about the dentist. That takes time. That takes planning. That takes a content calendar. That takes... And so now post-COVID, I get a very brief window right. where people can't help but talk about their visit to the dentist. Because like we're so excited to be out of the house. Oh, yeah. I, I can't help but tell my friend Barb, hey, Barb, you know, we, we're not talking about the greatest, latest restaurant we've gone to. Hey, we're not talking about the party that we went to. We're not talking about so-and-so's wedding. I have this very limited window of time that I think art's probably going to last maybe six months or less. Right. Where people will talk about the dentist and what is it you want them to say? Hey, yeah. yeah. Same things we've always wanted them to say, which is they're so nice. They're kind. It was easier than I thought. It didn't hurt. Making an appointment was easy. Their hours were convenient. They were safe. Safe, safe. That's a big deal. So, Christy, on your website, you tell a little story. And I met your, your sisters at Christine, the, who um, uh, told a story about her uh, coming into work, about her uh, visit to a dentist. Talk, talk about th that. That kind of goes into the same thing we're talking about, right? Kind of the same principle. My youngest sister, Suzanne, who oh, I think I'm sorry. the wedding. Yeah. That nope, that's Suzanne. okay. Suzanne. Suzanne's a bartender. And oh. in California, being a bartender right now is kind of tricky. Yep. Right? Yep. So the place that she worked reopened, 
And even with socially distance ordering and a lot of to-go ordering, she had a regular that she saw often come in. And, you know, my sister's got a mask on, the customer has the mask on, and she can tell, my sister can tell that this woman is like smiling just by her eyes, right? Just like a lot of you have started to look at people and realize they're smiling because we look at their eyes. Right. And the girl just can't stop gushing. She's like, I'm celebrating. I'm here to pick up my drinks and my dinner and I'm celebrating because I just got back from the dentist. Really? (laughs) (laughs) And if you think pre-COVID, like who's coming to the bar going, oh my God, Art, I'm celebrating because I just got back from the dentist. Like that that, that didn't happen. Right. Give me a rum and Coke and I just went to the dentist. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I'll have a double. But what, what what did Suzanne say that was so great about her visit? Well, the funny thing is, is the dentist was calling his patients. Hey, Art, it's Dr. Nation here. I'm just calling to tell you that we're open again and would love to see you. Right? Like, would you have done that as a dentist before COVID? Never. But this dentist did it. And in fact, this patient said, oh, my gosh. First of all, the patient actually answered the phone, even though it was an unrecognized number. Right. Right. Hey, I normally don't especially during this season, like we're not answering. She answered, it was her dentist. She was pleasantly surprised. And she says, yeah, I actually have a tooth that's kind of been bothering me and I'd love to get my teeth clean. Great, we can see you tomorrow. Yeah. They brought her in. She had a wonderful experience. She left and she couldn't help but talk. It wasn't significant into her work. It wasn't insurance. It wasn't pain. She was just so wowed that the dentist had called her and that she went back and it was safe and that she was happy. And I kind of go, this is a no-brainer. And, and Christy, isn't it amazing that when you have a good ex- when you have a good experience, people tell all their friends about that good experience. But when you have a bad experience, they also tell everybody about it. I mean, how important is it now that 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 we give this amazing? I mean, I, I'm sure you're familiar. Ritz Carlton has one of the best marketing programs that I've ever seen. Um, I mean, their 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 customer service um, experience is is unbelievable, and there are other companies I'm sure you're aware of like that. And and that's what we have to do. I mean, that's really it's not about okay, I'm going to send out ten thousand postcards a week, and I'm going to get right. Christy, I'm going to get 30. No, no. It's about that experience. Yeah, right. When we talk about the level of service, the service needs to be appropriate for your audience, right? Because sometimes what what patients and and doctors hear when we say Ritz-Carlton service is they kind of shut us down, Art, and they go, well, I don't have a Ritz-Carlton practice, Christy. Okay, well, then let's talk about (laughs) Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A has ingrained in their team that when you say thank you, they don't say you're welcome. They say, my pleasure, uh-huh. my pleasure, uh-huh. my pleasure. Okay? Chick-fil-A has little flowers on the tables. And if you watch what happened in COVID, there were all these pictures on social media of the people out in the drive throughs They kind of looked like they were in these plastic bubbles. Right. They, there was an experience that you couldn't help but talk about, and you still got what you wanted. You're like, hey, I can get my chicken sandwich. I can get my Arnold Palmer. I can get my waffle fries and my fruit cup and whatever it is. And the service got better. Right. And and what's interesting, Christy, is, again, you know, we've all had our lives turned upside down in the last 90 days. Uh, I mean, we don't go and socialize. I have talked to my friends. Are you ready to to get together? No, a lot of them are not. They're not ready to do this. And you, I mean, you're as social of a human being as I've ever met. I mean, I'm, 
you're, you're riding bikes with your, your friends and doing all this stuff and the charity work. And, and, and you and I talked about how, how, how tough it is. So that, that now here's an opportunity to have a social interaction with other people. And what a great marketing opportunity. And you can blow that too, right? You can really blow it, especially because you're now covered in a bunch of PPE where normally when more than half of our communication is body language and everything now except really my eyes Mm -hmm. is hidden behind that. People are doing all kinds of creative things like they're recording videos and sending them to the message or to the patient before they come in. Hey, Art, it's Dr. Nation wanted you to see me and all my PPE and I'm going to take it all off. See, it's still me under here. Just wanted to let you know I missed seeing you. You're such a part of our patient family. We can't wait to welcome you back. Like that's not that hard. Yeah. And, and, and I have been preaching on this podcast. I've done, I've probably done 30 webinars in the last two, you know, two months. And I've been preaching that, listen, you guys have got to reach out to your patients and communicate with them. Because like you said, if you don't, you know, you're not open for, I can't tell, there are a lot not that we're not open for emergencies. Well, and I got a doctor who called me up and said, Art, I'm getting these patients who are, I'm, I'm like their fourth phone call. Oh my God, Dr. Nation, you're open for emergencies. Thank goodness. Nobody else is open and, and, and stuff like this. You also talk about Christy, how a practice needs to be interesting. What does that mean? The things that we find interesting as clinicians are usually not interesting to the general public. Okay. And people talk about interesting things. So right now it might be interesting enough that you made a video and sent it to your patient before they came in. Like when your patients are on social media, they're going, oh my gosh, you won't believe this video my dentist sent me. Here, let me send you to his website and you can check out the link. That that didn't happen before COVID, right? right? Being interesting allows people to talk about you. Nobody talks about boring stuff. That's straight out of Andy Cernovitz's book, Word of Mouth Marketing. It's like the Bible for word of mouth. And he gives you four rules. And the first rule is, You have to be interesting because nobody talks about boring stuff. So if a visit to your office post-COVID is boring, we have a problem. Yeah. yeah. So can I get the kind of patients I want post-COVID? And is that changing? Talk about that for a second. And again, every practice has their ideal patient, right? Every practice has their first-class cabin and they most of them want more of those, right? Whatever that is. And post-COVID in some markets where unemployment is 40% because of a particular layoff or something that's happening in that kind of micro-targeted area, that's going to be a little more challenging. Right. For most practices, and again, it's so hyper-location sensitive, you can still get the, the patients that you want. You might have to work harder to get them. You might have to communicate differently than you have in the past. You might have to pivot some of your marketing dollars away from one tactic to another tactic. You might have to invest more time than you ever have. And I can make more money. What can't I get more of? What can I ever get back once I've spent it? Right. Time. Right. Time. Right. So I, that's part of what I do is help people make decisions now about what's the best use of my time in June. Because that might be different in July, right? Yeah. I only have two hours this month, Christy, to give to marketing. Tell me what I should do. Great. We're going to record these 10 videos. 
then we're going to send them to the editor. We're going to send them to the web company. We're getting them posted. That's where having a CMO really helps you orchestrate and focus your time. Because I can't make the video for you. Right. Right. That's not what you do. You're the no, you're the quarterback. A marketing company. Yeah. A great marketing company is not going to send a video crew out to your office now. They're going to say, hey, doctor, take out your phone. Right. And let's record it. You have to be purposeful about your time. And it may be, especially in places like New York right now, that the focus of your time is retraining your team on all these new PPE protocols. And you've got to short term move some money to advertising because you don't have any extra time. Like you don't have two minutes to rub together. Oh, exactly. Because you're covering dealing with all of this stuff. And so, so uh, the message that I'm getting from you is that, you know, you go to a dental marketing company and they're going to say, okay, it's $50,000 and we're going to do SEO and we're going to do website. And that's a, and, and that's not to me. And that's never been the right answer. The, the right answer is where, where's your market? What do you need? What's your budget? How much time? Isn't that, I mean, that, that's what the message is, right? Is, is it's not cookie cutter. It, it really isn't. Who are you? What's your story? Who are your patients? How can we reach them? How can we get more of the patients we want? And again, Art, if I could distill all of that down to one final message, it's compare you to you, your data, your budget, your patient base, your practice. This post-COVID Zoom overwhelm has us comparing ourselves to practices that you have nothing in common with and you're going to borrow their marketing strategy? No. That's a terrible plan. No, absolutely. And, and, and this is another thing that's bugged me. It's bugged me for 35 years in this industry. And, and I see this not only in dentistry, Christy, but I see this in all industries. It's like when the, when we, when we were in 2008, okay, and we had the worst economic downturn. I mean, people don't realize how close we were to 1929. I mean, we were a day or two. I had doctors calling me and saying, should I pull my money out of the bank? That's scary. And what companies I see tend to do is they say, okay, well, well, the economy is bad and I'm down. So I'm going to cut my marketing budget. And that, is not really, I'm not saying they should, they may not, they may cut their marketing budget, but I mean, can you afford not to market at this time in, in our lives? Again, remember marketing is so much more than advertising. So when, when we talk about cutting your budget, it's again, are you cutting money or are you cutting time? Cause I can cut some money and increase my time and still make an impact. What I can't do is I can't cut both of those, Right. I can't handcuff my marketing because I don't have any time to spend and I can't handcuff my budget because I don't have any money to spend. Right. Okay. So, so what, what we're getting, you and I could talk for days, um, but um, we're getting, we're getting towards the end here. So how do we, how do you assess someone's current marketing? In, the, in other words, the dentist going to say to you, well, is my website working? What, what kind of ROI am I getting? Is my social media campaign working? How do you assess that? You have to start by looking at what did I spend and what did I get back? So again, let's keep the math easy. So I spent $50,000 last year, Christy, in everything. I, uh, I, I didn't send any postcards. I think direct mail is dead. I think all of that stuff is a bunch of hooey. I spent all my money on digital and stuff for patients. That's not that uncommon. Right. Okay? 
I got bird eye last year. We finally got some reviews. I know I'm late to the party, but as it turns out, that really works. So I spent 50 grand. Okay. I got $200,000 in revenue just from new patients to come back to the practice. Because right? this is one. what you hear from everybody, right? You go, well, you know, the patient saw me online and then they heard about me from a friend and then they saw your review. So how can you calculate my ROI? Okay, let's just keep it clean. I spent 50 grand. I got 200 grand back. That's a one to four return. Right. Okay? If you've never measured that before, right now, that just is, it's not good or bad. It just, that's your It return. is what it is. Right. So- I come along and go, you know, my experience is that on the digital side, we should be looking for a return of one to 10. So let's look at, is there anything in here that we're not really using that we can cut? Okay. Are there things we're paying for that we're not really using that we should start using because we're committed to an annual agreement, right? Right. Websites. Go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. Websites. You were going to say about websites. Well, websites are a whole different animal. Like people get these reports from their website company that show visitors and it's it's a bunch of gobbledygook. It's a website is an online funnel. Okay. And if you read Jay Bear's old stuff about flipping the funnel, the idea is there's so many visitors. There's so many people who are actually going to call or fill out the form. There's so many people who are going to interact. For each and every one of my clients, we look at that funnel every month. I can tell you 11.1% of the traffic turned into a new patient appointment that accepted treatment. I can tell you that. And that's the needle I'm trying to move. I can care less if you have 7,000 visitors, 5,000 of which are your friends looking at your website all over the country because you have a better COVID video than everybody else. <laughs> uh, talk for a second about social social media. Um, I, I know you work with, you know, you obviously help clients with their social media. Uh, what's... What's good and bad about that? What should people be thinking about? And, and again, you've taught me over the years that it depends on the market you're in, obviously. But but some just some tips about social media and what people should be thinking about in a social media campaign. So let's start by addressing that as an orthodontist or as a pediatric dentist, social media is huge. Hey, okay? huge and. It's not Facebook, it's Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat and all these different things. And people got interested in those things because they were free. Right. I can create a Snapchat account for free. Okay, yes, that is true, in fact, but you have to create content that people actually want to interact with. And creating content doesn't take money, but it takes time. time. Yep. Okay. And effort. So. And, and effort, and who's going to do it, right? Because the dentist is like, I'm not doing it. And then he gives it to the youngest person in the office. And she's been posting on Snapchat for herself, but posting for the practice totally different, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Social media is just word of mouth online. That's the easiest way to define it, right? right? So think about what am I doing to stimulate people talking about me? How am I interesting? Okay? And I listened to a lecture just yesterday from a woman who practices in Pittsburgh, who is seeing a lot of young people, right, who have kind of been living and dying on their Snapchat filter, who come in and they've got a gap in their teeth, and they're 18 years old. And they go, hey, I want you to fix this gap. Okay. And historically, we would go, well, 18 year olds don't make good patients. Right. Uh And so there's, she's used Instagram to connect with a very niche group of people. And She's not doing anything on Facebook, right? right. At all, right? But that's but her niche. 
Right. And so what she's doing is she's using Instagram to show how she's interesting. Right. Right. Right, because you're only as valuable yeah. as your post that people see. You know, you get into people's insights, and you're like, "Yeah, Christy, we're posting every day, and nobody's seeing it." Yeah. Well, unfortunately, my friend, we are at the end of our hour, so I want you to give out your contact information, folks. Again, don't just you know your your friend. You have a you have a five hundred thousand dollar practice, and your best friend is a two million dollar multi specialty you know ten operatory practice. You have different needs and different marketing goals. What you really, really want to do is you really, really want a coach, someone who's going to assess uh, basically nothing to sell. You have nothing to sell. So, Christy, if if they want to talk to you and get a hold of you one more time, how do they do that? MyDentalCMO.com, MyDentalCMO at gmail.com for email or 614 614- Six five five eleven seventy three. Well, Christy, you know I I value the time that I've gotten to spend with you over the years. Again, you've lectured for my clients. Uh, again, folks, if if you're a meeting planner, th- this lady is one of the most dynamic speakers I've ever seen. Um, she came and spoke to our dental CPA meeting uh, uh, about a year ago. Uh, it's, it's sad. We're not, our Academy of Dental CPAs are not going to get to see each other until next spring, it looks like, with, with all this COVID stuff. But Christy came in and gave just an absolute, an unbelievable lecture. I took five pages of notes. I remember that. So um, I would get a hold of her if you uh you know marketing is as important as ever i know you've you've got you've got to get ppe and you've got to worry about your cash flow and your budget and your loans and your 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 mortgage and all this stuff but at the end of the day folks we are going to come out of this this is going to have an end to it it may not be for 6 or 12 months but it's going to have an end to it and you know marketing never i, I christian and i'll i'll end this up by by giving you a quote that i got from a mentor of mine who said that the day you stop marketing the your business is the day your business begins to die does that make sense it's true and really art i appreciate being here and i appreciate what you said which is with everything you have to worry about right now i know this doesn't seem like what you should focus on that being said Without patience, you don't have a practice. Yep, that, that makes sense. Christy, hang on for a second. Thank you so much for, for your great time and expertise and information. I learn every single time I talk to you. And if you have a chance and you, you're thinking about marketing and you're not sure what to do, Christy would be a great resource to start with. And folks, if you want to talk to me, my office in Tustin, 714-505-9000. Email me a question. Again, I've answered hundreds and hundreds of questions about PPP and EIDL and, uh, you know, who all, all kinds of stuff, tax stuff. Uh, email me at art Wiederman, W I E D E R M A N at gmail.com. I will continue to answer your questions. Uh, we also have a new 24 week spreadsheet to make sure that you meet the 60% uh, rule on, uh, uh, on the PPP loan with the new, uh, paycheck protection flexibility act. We'll send that out to you if you need it. Um, Go to our partner, Decisions in Dentistry, www.decisionsindentistry.com. Great clinical content. Um, a who's who of clinical experts. Better CE courses than you're going to find anywhere. Check that out. Again, if you want a complimentary 30 minute consultation, one of the, with one of the Academy of Dental CPA members, uh, you should do that. If you are in the state of Ohio, 
Jim Bolts and uh, is you now is it still called Bolts and Zimmerman, Christy, or is it Jim Bolts? Zimmerman Bolts. Zimmerman Bolts. Uh, Jimmy is one of the finest people I know, hands down. He will do anything for anybody. He has done stuff for me. He has done stuff for the members. If you're in the Ohio area and you don't have a dental CPA, you should call Jim Bolt or any one of our members of the Academy of Dental CPAs. If you're not working with one and you're having trouble navigating through all this, go to our website, which is www.adcpa.org. Click on find a member, go to the state that you're in, and we've got you covered in pretty much every state in the country. And I have sent out, oh my God, dozens and dozens of referrals. And I hope those of you who got them have called uh, these folks. It will be the best phone call you ever made. Christy, thank you so much. You are wonderful. Art, thanks for everything you're doing for dentistry. Thanks for being a part of the ADCPA and thanks for having me. All right. So everyone, please, please, please be safe. I have my, I will give you my five word uh, motto that I started back in the middle of March when this all started, folks. Failure is not an option. Work on your practice, work on your marketing, communicate with your patients, uh, you know, communicate with your team. That's so important. And we're going to have lots of great resources. So anyway, folks, that is it for this episode of the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman CPA. Thank you for listening. Please tell all your friends and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. 